Hello, and welcome to the September 25th, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Everybody, welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have you here with me today, and of course, as always, it is wonderful to be out there with you as well. Now, if you recall, on our last podcast, which was yesterday, I let everybody know that I uh, received a phone call from my mother, and I ended up listening to that message, as I uh, made mention of, she made sure to let me know that it was her anniversary, and also, as, as kind and as sweet as one could be on a voicemail message, she made sure to sound nasty as well if that makes any sense at all. It's amazing that a person could be nice and sweet, but at the same time have a nasty tone to them. And furthermore, I said, you know what? I was in a little bit of traffic on the way home after I left uh, Mr. Joe's bipolar workplace and made my way towards Mr. Joe's bipolar neighborhood. I sat in a lot of bipolar-inducing traffic, (laughs) to say the very least. Um, we Aren't we great? Aren't people with bipolar disorder just absolutely wonderful in traffic when we have to be somewhere? Now, I did not have to be somewhere. I was going home. Obviously, I'd love to be home. Nobody wants to sit in traffic, but my goodness, when we are headed somewhere and we are late or we don't want to be late, traffic has to be one of the worst things in the world for people with bipolar disorder. I don't think I need to explain any further. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyway, sitting in a little bit of traffic, I said, you know what? Let me get this over with. So I made the phone call. And it's interesting because I think I figured out something yesterday. And I'm I'm pretty sure I am right on with this particular analyzation or the conclusion that I've come to with my mother, specifically in regards to her borderline personality disorder. And if you have a difference of opinion with Mr. Joe, please, by all means, reach out to me and let me know. You could do it in any media way that you'd like. Of course, email is best, but you could shoot me a tweet if that is easier for you and tell me I'm wrong. But one thing I've noticed is that my mother, at least with her borderline personality disorder, something that I've never really realized before, is she will oftentimes state things for me to do or give me the option of things to do by finishing off her sentence with the words, if you want. So let me give you an example. You can call me if you want. Your wife 
She always needs help with the baby. I try to call her to see if she needs help. But you can tell her she can answer the phone if she wants. <laughs> if she wants to open the door to us, she can. I know she's got parents of her own, but I do love your, your son. And of course, your other children, too. But they don't live with you full time. She had to throw that one in. Thank you. Thank you, Mom. We can go to dinner if you want. Your father's shoulder hurts him. He's in a lot of pain, Mr. Mr. Joseph. You could talk to him if you want. You could, you could tell him that you hope he feels better if you want. Now, here's my analyzation. These words, if you want, I believe from a person with borderline personality disorder. They say these words because they want to put the ball in your hands. They want to let you know that it is now a decision that is all on you. So in other words, you can call me if you want. Well, guess what? If I don't call her, clearly that means that Mr. Joe did not want to. I had no intentions of it because she gave me that option. Instead of give me a call when you have time, which could be analyzed as, well, my son didn't call me because he had no time. He's got a life. He's got a family. He's got a job. Give me a call if you want. All of those statements, when they are ended with, if you want, as far as I'm concerned, continue to put the power into her hands because she can now make judgments and put blame on people for making the decisions that they wanted to make. And there really can be no argument about it. There is none. Because if you agree to that statement, which I do all the time, you can give me a call this week if you want. Sure, Mom, I'll give you a call. I never say the words if I want, but she certainly has conveyed that message to me. So what it comes down to is when we don't do what she wants because she gave us the option of doing it if we want, it gives her all the power in the world to come back at us and say, well, I know you didn't want to. I gave you the option. You know, I get it. I understand. You didn't want to. Dear God, I wanted to jump out of that phone call yesterday and strangle her. I really did. I mean, it's almost like you get belittled. Yeah, today's our anniversary, you know? Okay. All right, well, I know. 44 years and we still made it. Or whatever, how many years? I don't even remember. I felt like saying, yeah, what about the three years that my father had to live with me and my sister because you were an absolute lunatic being hospitalized week after week for suicide attempts and not only that buying things to the extent where nobody had a place to live in your house because your entire home was filled wall to wall with different items from different shopping networks I mean the woman still has things in packages she really does that she bought TVs 
portable air conditionings, um, uh, uh, vacuums, dustbusters. I mean, come on. She doesn't do that anymore, but she also doesn't recall doing any of that. Uh, my mother does not actually very often... Uh, she doesn't show signs of bipolar disorder. She really doesn't show those classic symptoms of bipolar disorder. But in this particular time frame, by the way, where my father spent nearly $10,000, if not more, in lawyer fees to divorce my mother, <laughs> go figure. I mean, you got I mean, they were married for almost 40 years and this is what they're going through because she was so out of her mind. I mean, the man ran away. The man ran away. I'll never forget the time he went to buy a new car because she would not let him have the car that, by the way, she did not drive because she hadn't driven in five years, but she would not give him the keys to the car. So he had to go out and buy another car. And I will never forget, my father met with a saleswoman, and her name was Wendy. And I guess he, because he had no computer, that was the one thing he used to go home and still do. He would go back to the old stomping grounds, look on the computer, shop around, and then as soon as she started yelling and screaming, he would run out to my home or to my sister's home. And this particular day, I guess he was shopping for cars, and he left Wendy's number there. And I will never forget my children sleeping with me in a one-bedroom apartment, which, by the way, my goodness, was that some setup one-bedroom studio apartment, myself, my wife, and my two kids when they were little. But it was one of the best times in the world because we were so close and we were forced to be together as a family. But that particular morning, 5.30 in the morning, the phone rings, the answer machine picks up, and now my poor children, and at the time, they couldn't have been more than, oh, God, maybe 11 and 7? Uh, 10 and 8, I'd say, even. Or maybe even nine and seven, but right around that age. And they hear, I know you're there with that slut Wendy. I got her number, and you could cheat on me all you want with the slut Wendy. I'm saying, oh my God. And my kids are listening to that. And excuse my language, but, you know, that's just me imitating my mother. Uh, so again, I don't know where Mr. Joe was even going with this, but... Oh, that's right. I, I figured out that if you want is the end of the statement which puts all the responsibility on the person that has now been given the opportunity to make a choice. And if the choice is not one in which she agrees with, believe me, she will let you know. So I, I couldn't wait to tell her that I was going away. For these next three days. Couldn't wait. She still busted my chops about Saturday. I lied. I said I'm coming home Saturday. Meanwhile, I'm coming home Friday. I don't want to I don't want to tell her when I'm coming home because she wants to go out to dinner or she wants to take out or she wants to uh, please deliver in. I I can't. I can't. All these all these options. And by the way, if I want, I could do all those things. So, anyway, I'm going away for three days, and 
here's the big difference. This particular road trip that I'm going on is, in fact, just that, a road trip, in which I normally go to these events with a whole crew from my former place of employment, and that will not be the case this year. I will be driving all alone. The trip is approximately three hours and 40 minutes away from Mr. Joe's neighborhood. Should be a, ve a very pleasant trip. I'm not going to lie. It makes me recall situations in the past uh, before my clean time in which a trip like this, there would be no way on earth and really it's dating back to my time with my ex-wife where we used to go vacationing with my children when they were little babies there would be no way in the world that I would take a trip like this without four or five grams of cocaine and I would literally snort it all the way up and all the way down my god I even remember running out of cocaine on a trip um, and coming home and being absolutely miserable because I had none and to be quite frank, my wife was miserable, well, my ex-wife, but my wife at the time was miserable too. And she permitted me and allowed me to make an arrangement to call a drug dealer on the way home with my children in the car. And think of this, I mean, we come home, and after driving five hours from wherever we were with the drugs, and we come home and within five minutes without even pa unpacking we're already snorting cocaine it, it actually makes me sick i know i've spoken a lot about drug use in the pa in the past on our podcast together i gotta tell you i have never gotten the feeling of of sickness in my stomach like i just got just now makes makes me absolutely sick to think of that so now fast forward to the times in which i would not necessarily um, do cocaine but um, by the way I don't know if you've heard that but somebody is literally just started up their car and it sounds like a race machine next to me I apologize for that um, I'm just hoping they leave sooner than later it certainly doesn't look like a racing mobile but it certainly sounds like one so they're gonna have to get that checked out sooner than later but nevertheless um, obviously my drug usage with cocaine ended back in 2007 and respectively, respectfully, whatever the word is, in 2009 with opiates other than Suboxone. But that doesn't mean that Mr. Joe didn't engage in drug usage on my trips with my former place of employment. And what I mean by that is upon my arrival probably the last three years or so, although I don't believe I did it last time around. But certainly within the last five years, while I didn't snort cocaine on the way up, you best believe the minute I walked into that hotel room and unpacked everything, I was already chomping on a cookie made from marijuana. And... I would basically be whacked out for the entire conference. I didn't hear anything. I didn't understand anything. Um, I was just basically high the entire time, and I would just continuously eat marijuana. And I had some other buddy that used to do it with me, former employee that we've spoken about in the past, 
who, by the way, I reconnected with, because, as you all know, there was an episode in which I talked about this um, former employee where he was terminated, and I have to tell you, we got something in common now, so we both spoke with one another, and I actually miss him, and it was nice to touch base with him, but that, that's neither here nor there. None of that makes sense right now in regards to what we're talking about. The one thing that I will say is I was whacked out for the entire conference year after year after year. So now, I will be going on my own tomorrow, and I'm actually rather excited. I'll be doing a vendor's table, very different than I normally do. Normally, I take part in some of the classes and some of the presentations, and I will actually actually be selling something, which is very, very different than I'm used to doing at this particular event. Now, I've done it many, many times for other events, but... I'll be doing that all alone, as a matter of fact, on my way up to the car to record this podcast. I had the tablecloth for the organization, along with all the good goodies and giveaways and the brochures, um, and, and I'm really excited. And I made sure that the event and where I will be vending, which is the main location where everybody is stationed, I actually had my place of employment book me in a hotel down the road. And I got to tell you, I think it's going to turn out to be one of the best decisions I ever made because my former place of employment will also be there. And while I have nothing against my department, specifically my boss, who I know will be there, um, I, I just think it's best that I'm not around any of them. My boss, I can't wait to see her. I really can't. My old boss. I can't wait to see her, and I'm hoping there's an opportunity for us to chit-chat with nobody around because I adore her, and I always will. The other people, uh, I could really do without. I have absolutely nothing nice to say. All the times that I spoke about that department, I have nothing nice to say. I think they're ungrateful. I think they're gossiping. I think they're rude and obnoxious. And if they don't think that in this small of an industry, everything and anything gets back to people, they're in t terribly wrong. So they'll know what I'm talking about. People who were searching for jobs and decided not to go through with their employment opportunities with Mr. Joe. That's okay. That's okay. It doesn't matter. Because all that matters is whether or not I am happy right now. Not you. You could have been happy leaving that dirtbag of a place, but right now I'm happy. And, and as I've said many, many times, one door closes and another one opens. And this door has been wide open for me for a long time waiting, and I'm just so happy to be here. So I will be going to a different hotel so I don't have to be around them during the down times because there are hours and hours in which there will be downtime. Um, so I'll, I've, you know, I think it's best that I, once it's time to wrap up and I won't be vending for a particular time of, let's say, any more than an hour, why not get in my car, take a three-minute drive, and go back to my hotel? I don't even have to walk to my room and take a chance in seeing somebody that I don't want to see. So that's exciting for me. And you know what? I, I mean... Listen, I'm completely overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed with the fact that I have to go home tonight and pack. I am in no mood. But you know what? 
There'll be a lot of relaxing also on this trip. I don't have to answer to anybody. Of course, I have a job to do, and there's a reason why I'm going to this. And my bo my boss is paying very good money for me to be here, but he knows just as well as I do that I'll get my job done, like I always do. And I'm excited. I'm excited to go. I'm excited. I'm not excited to be away from my family by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm excited to go. Uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, I, there's a lot of drinking that goes on at this event, and it was never an issue for me in the past with my former place of employment, so it certainly will not be an issue with me during this particular trip, especially that I'll be alone. But i got to tell you, my next trip is planned for my company in the middle of October, right around October 10th, 11th, and 12th. So you won't be hearing from Mr. Joe in those days. Now, I'm not going to say that I won't, you won't hear from me in the next three days because I will have a lot of alone time in my hotel room. So I can only imagine that I will probably be recording a podcast. But come mid-October, I'm actually flying out of state. So I will be flying away from Mr. Joe's neighborhood. And I'll be flying with one co-worker in particular. And... For the sake of this podcast, we can call her DD. Okay, so I'll be flying with DD, just her and I. She's a really nice person. I mean, we just met a couple of weeks ago, but I feel like I've known her forever. Her and I will be flying together, and I'm extremely nervous about it because we're actually flying on separate trips, and I don't like doing anything alone. I really don't, especially stuff, stuff like this. But what has really gotten me even more concerned is we're going to be meeting somebody that's part of our organization in the other state, obviously, that we don't work with on a daily basis, you know, person to person, but I do do phone conferences with them just about every day, and when we see them, well, the three of us, at least, um, myself and D.D. and one other girl will be together for this entire three-day trip, and in writing out the plans for our arrival... The out-of-state person that we're going to see, she finished off an email, a very descriptive email, and all the things that we're going to do, and the times we have to be there, and how to check in, and how to check out, and how to get here and get there. She, um, you know, she made it very descriptive, but at the end she said, and before we go to this place, we could always hang out in this place and drink and do dinner, or just do both. So that got me a little bit out of, you know, a little bit agitated. Not at heart, just, I don't know if agitated is the right word. A little bit nervous because I'm going to be with new people. And, you know, if they are drinking, you know, I've got to turn around and say, no, no, thank you. Uh, the good thing is when I checked in with the with Dee Dee, she did say that she will not be drinking. <laughs> so uh, because she wants to get home nice and early and get to bed because we have an early day the next day. So. I mean, I hope that sticks. We all know that a lot of times when alcohol is in front of your face, she could be talking a good game right now. And for all I know, by 1 in the morning, she'll be passed out flat on her face, drunk out of her mind. So I don't think that's the case. You know, I, I can't imagine her acting like that, especially this person. And if she does, it's, it's none of my business. won't make me dislike her anymore. God bless her that she could do something like that. But... I would just rather her not so I can tag along with her and 
just go right to bed, which regardless of how anybody acts and what they do on their own time, even if they are with me, I won't be doing any of that. So um, it, it appears to me that both instances, having that vendor table will ultimately be my saving grace. It really will, because I'll have to be up early and I'll have to be quote unquote vending or selling whatever it is I'll be selling. So that makes me happy because I got to be prepared for that. I really do. And I got to tell you, it's amazing how my new company works. It's, it is so different from the place of employment that I was once at. And, and I'm literally just going to use one example, marketing, for example. Marketing alone here. They have built websites, put together brochures and flyers and things that would take my old company months and months to do. And by the way, when it would get done, it would never get done right the first time. These people have put together things in a matter of days. Things that have, are, they're like night and day. And maybe it's because I'm the person that has, has direct communication with them. So if they have a question, they can just hop on over to my office and ask me. And we can clarify right then and there so there are no mistakes. But I don't know, the efficiency, the way it works... The, the bond, the closeness. I don't think in the seven years that I was with my old place that I even met anybody in the marketing or advertising portion of our company. It was just always sent out. I had really little to no input on anything. Um, and it's a whole different ball game here, and it shows. It really does. And, you know, it's, it's good for me because essentially we'll be in direct competition with my former agency, which is great. And that's the God's honest truth. We'll be in direct competition. I probably don't have as much fancy stuff as them. I got a couple little stand-up things. I got, you know, I don't have this large backdrop like they'll have. I don't care, though. I have me. I have me. And honestly, everybody, I know that sounds real cocky and conceited and overconfident, but that's all Mr. Joe really needs. Because I, the person is what ultimately matters which is why we were successful in the last in the first place with my last place <laughs> it didn't it didn't amount to signs or what was on display or what goodies you gave away none of that matters it matters who's presenting and i could tell you this my boss if she will be the one presenting she my old boss she's awesome she'll do just as well with herself as she would with me Although I, I would tend to believe that we both think as a tag team, if we were together, it's always better with the two of us. But she'll be on one end of the room and I'll be on the other. And that's fine. That's totally fine. I, I you know, Because you know what? There's plenty to go around. There's plenty to go around in terms of what we need. So while we might be in direct competition, I mean, it's, it's really not a big deal. I even referred somebody over to my old company a couple of days ago. I don't care plenty to go around there really is why not just be nice i'm gonna i'm gonna talk bad about people or treat people poorly in terms of business specifically my boss when she did absolutely nothing to me i can't i can't do it just can't do it so um I, you know the other thing is i don't know how well i'm gonna handle being away from my wife and my children that's not gonna be easy 
It's absolutely not going to be easy. Traveling with bipolar disorder is not an easy thing. Think about this. Think about all the things when you're away on business or vacation, the things that you need to stay on track with. Medication, okay? You gotta take your medication at the right time. Not always easy when you're away because stuff happens. So I may have to carry it on me. So I take it at the right time just in case something comes up. Sleep. Think about traveling and sleep. I mean, it's certainly going to be a mess when I got to get up at the 4 a.m. I got to be at the airport at 4 a.m. in the middle of October. I don't want to think about that. Hopefully I'll be able to sleep on the plane or something. But even just in general, even when you're not taking a flight of some sort, you know, sleep alone. That could be disturbed. Bam. That has something to do with bipolar disorder. So we got meds, we got sleep, sobriety. For those of you who are not practicing sobriety, for those of you who might be doing drugs or drinking, a lot of times we go away on business or pleasure. And let me tell you something, we do ourselves in. We do ourselves in. So, you know, you're talking about meds, sleep, sobriety. How about eating? Eating is another big thing when you're away. If you're not eating right, that's not a good thing either. And i got to tell you, most times we are not eating right, whether we're away on business or personal pleasure. And I know for Mr. Joe, exercise is the other thing, the gym. Um, I'm lucky enough where I, I have a hotel room. I made a hotel place of stay that I asked my company for, and there is a workout center in there. So at least I will be able to do that and try to just just stick with the routine that we are completely um, accustomed to. Obviously, it will never be the same. But what it comes down to is my overall traveling experience in combination with my business vacation stay will ultimately dictate my overall mood for the entire rest of the weekend. So if I'm coming home Friday, and I, my children will be with me, my older children will be coming over Friday. So i got to be prepared and ready. I'll be away for three days, coming home on the third. It's right back into daddy motion. My little guy, Mickey, Junior, um, I believe my little girl, my big girl now, Sarah Lee has a party to go to on Saturday, so I'm not sure if she'll be staying with my ex-witch or coming to me. But regardless, you know, I got things going on. My son's got soccer games on Saturday, on Sunday, so I need to keep my act together in every way imaginable. Meds, sleep, sobriety, eating, and exercise. All of those things are incredibly important because, like I said... It will essentially dictate the rest of my weekend because any amount of stress that I am in or put my body through, I'm starting to realize more and more dictate my mood swings and my overall mental state of mind. It's evidently clear. It really is. I don't know why we forget that so often, how much of a factor that stress is when it comes to bipolar disorder. And I think a lot of times what happens is we... We walk around stress-free for either a period of time or an extended period of time or even for a short period of time. And we enjoy the way that we feel when we're not stressed out because for the most part, 
many of us can stay relatively stable during those moments of non-stressful life events. And then, of course, once the stress kicks in, it hits you like a ton of bricks, and all of a sudden, because we have bipolar disorder, it feels like our life has been completely turned upside down. Kind of like me ironing my clothes last night. You would think that somebody died in my house. And why? Well, I was ironing my clothes. I moved the ironing board. The ironing board got stuck on one of the creases of the floor. And the iron fell down, cracked. I went, oh my God, I don't believe it. I, this, no, here, here was my phrase. You can't make this SH, you know what, up. Uh, so we'll use the word stuff. You can't make this stuff up. That's what I was screaming. Meanwhile, the iron was fine. It was some piece that did not even pertain to the use of the iron. And you had to see me trying to put the piece back on. Couldn't figure out where it was. The iron was about 500 degrees hot. The piece was hot. The piece, again, had absolutely no bearing on the ironing of clothes, yet I was trying to stick this piece on where it belonged, of which I knew nothing about, burning both hands, screaming, you can't make this stuff up. At this point, my, my wife doesn't even answer me because she knows that whatever I'm screaming and yelling about is so minuscule and ridiculous. But to us, <laughs> they, they are big, big deals. And they're big deals because we have bipolar disorder. Well, now, i got to tell you, we're batting a 1,000 today. I don't think you heard that one. Now the car to the left of me has an alarm going off. Listen to this. Which, unfortunately, sounds like the battery is dead. So, Mr. Joe is probably going to get asked to do one of the things that he doesn't like to do more than anything in the world, and that's jump car. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, there's race car number two, if you heard that. I tell you, I guess nobody knows that Mr. Joe is doing a podcast today, so um, we'll have to give him a pass on that on that one. Um, quite loud, these cars, though. Uh, so this one happens to be a truck, and it looks like she is actually leaving the scene right now. And, uh, again, I apologize if you heard any of that noise. You know, Mr. Joe doesn't have control over the environmental sounds, especially the other day when I tried recording a podcast and they were doing lawn maintenance around here and I must have, must have looked like a complete lunatic driving around from station to station trying to avoid the noise ultimately going into a parking lot down the block. So, again, I have no control over some of the noises and um, when we're on a roll and we're flowing and we're talking well in our podcast, I like to just keep that going. So I will be away for the next three days. Again, that doesn't mean that I won't be in touch with my audience. You guys make my day an absolute joy. I, I got I to say that. I am so grateful to actually have an, a real lunch break now because each and every day that I have the time, which is more often than not, I absolutely look forward to doing this with everybody so i'm so grateful to have you as a part of the neighborhood journey and my life and it just it, it really is it's great and i'm just so excited to be a part of your life as well so i will say this in closing if you are currently living with a mental illness and you're doing well i ask you to continue to work hard 
If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness or an addiction for that matter, I ask that you continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness and you're unfortunately not doing very well, I ask you to keep on battling and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. See you again real soon.